This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. A weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Views expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of the station, its staff, management, or news department. My guests this time around, we are just being the healthiest kind of people we absolutely positively can. I have Carrie Horton from the Broome County Health Department and Maggie Barlow from the Southern Tier Cancer Services Program. And we want to talk about some cancer screenings and all that kind of stuff but specifically we 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 gotta love them because we have to men (laughs) (laughs) specifically we wanted to talk a little bit about men's health uh they actually set uh june aside as men's health month for them i guess as a way to remind them i don't know (laughs) i really don't know how effective that is but you know (laughs) But, but why specifically do we have to take a concerted effort to just talk specifically about men's health? Is it something that's really being ignored? Are we talking too much about women's health? What, what's the deal? Um, we do find that men are less likely to stay up to date on their screenings. Um, women make it more of a priority for themselves and men do not. Um, we found that 69% of men are up to date on their colorectal cancer screenings, um, and that's significantly lower than women's. Is is it just because they are? I mean, the, the, a lot of times when we talk about women's health, um, we we say that women are the caregivers and they're too busy taking care of other people. Is it just men just just don't want to be bothered? Or what's the deal? Why why is it is it a, a societal thing that they're brought up that they just don't deal with that? Or how what's the deal with with them not really concentrating on their own health? Seems like they spend enough time at the gym. <laughs> some of them, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, some of the men, that might be the reason <laughs> that they're spending too much time at the gym. Um, but we do find that um, cost is often a barrier for them, which is where our program would step in. If they're uninsured, um, those screenings can be, you know, it can be a barrier for them to have to pay for them. And two, when it comes to colorectal screenings specifically, it, it, there's an awkwardness around it. There's a kind of feeling of like, well, I don't want to do a colonoscopy, when in reality there's a lot of, there's less invasive ways that you can go about starting with. Yeah, the ookie factor is for everybody, I think, uh, you know, whether it be for women for going in for mammography, it's kind of that ookie factory, but, factor, but also um, colorectal or even prostate screening, things like that. It's just, it ain't pleasant. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's a lot of embarrassment and, you know, and men tell us all the time that they feel uncomfortable disclosing information to their doctor. And a lot of them are just afraid to hear bad news as well. But um, the biggest cost, or the biggest barrier that we see is the cost factor if they don't have health insurance. So we try to address all of those barriers and, and offer um less invasive way to be screened for free. When when we are talking about cancer screenings, I, I, I want to get obviously really into the colorectal cancer screening specifically, but getting circling back around to the prostate, there had been some pretty high-profile cases of, of prostate. Does, has that had an impact, uh, you think, on men actually at least thinking about it and maybe being less hesitant to have that done because they've heard more about it? Yeah, I think the more um, exposure cancer has in the media and, um, you know, people that they know what they're going through, they, they're they more likely to think about it themselves. 
So that's why I think women are more likely to go get screened because, you know, the pink ribbons and breast cancer awareness is always in the news and people talk about it and the anxiety around it has diminished. So we're hoping to do the same thing with, with men's health issues. With the colorectal screenings, it, it is something that it just seems to be like a, a really regular thing. You hear about it all the time. But what are some of the um, the statistics as far as the number of people that are actually getting it done, specifically men, that uh, in certain age groups, is it age-specific that some are more apt to go and get screened than others? And, and what kind of problem are we talking uh, about with this particular type of cancer? So our program, we focus on 40 uh, men and women, well, the colorectal men and women, 45 to 64. Um, for that, we have the statistic that only 69% of men are up to date on that colorectal screening. Um, and with colorectal cancer being uh, easily treatable and preventable, um, we'd really love to get that number to 100% because it can be caught so early and treated so easily. Well, the data shows that um, people are diagnosed with colorectal cancer more at a later age. Um, as they get older, your increased risk. So we try to start early because, like she said, uh, colorectal cancer is preventable. So if polyps are found before they turn into cancer, then we can remove those polyps and prevent the cancer from happening. So, you know, instead of waiting till they're symptomatic, we want to get them in to be screened or screen at home yearly so that we hope to uh, prevent the late late stage diagnosis well that's the thing is when they're you're a younger person you have that whole indestructible (laughs) napoleon syndrome about you and you're just going ah well you know this is an old folks disease i don't have to worry about it but it it isn't i mean there we've heard of cases before where there's uh colorectal cancers in in younger people as well and it's important to get that baseline information in the books so your doctor has something to refer back to as well you're absolutely hearing more stories about people being diagnosed at an earlier age, and it's really it's due to lifestyle change. Our, our lifestyles have changed, oh. and uh, it's increasing our risk. Our diets have changed. So people are getting colorectal cancer much earlier than they used to. Let's talk about the screening itself. And we, we did say the ooky factor. Um, I know when my husband went for his colonoscopy after being just absolutely needled and needled and needled and needled by the doctor there's you gotta go you gotta go yeah and finally it's like you know and then i started you know nagging him which is my job yeah um (laughs) (laughs) the number one factor get men in is the women nagging yeah (laughs) and and anyway (laughs) but it it, it was not pleasant i mean that that goo that you gotta drink and the aftermath of that and it was it was just you know nastiness so now we're coming due around. They didn't find anything. He went through his the whole thing, and you know, it, plus time off of you know for the, being downtime for having the test done was also an issue with him. But um, now there's things that are starting to roll around that it's 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 time to go back in. Uh, he's he's even less game for the whole thing because of the whole. Uh, the procedure leading up to a colonoscopy and having it done. It, it, what is? What are the options? What are the options? So there's a couple of different ones. If there's no personal or family history, um, 
within that person's life, they can do a take-home kit, which is what we call it, like a fit kit. Um, and what that does is that detects uh, hidden blood in the stool, which is a completely less invasive way than a colonoscopy. And if that comes up negative, um, you would just be tested again the next year for it. If there is blood found, then you would go in for the colonoscopy. That's definitely a less invasive way, and it does get you to avoid the um, not nice prep <laughs> for the colonoscopy. <laughs> and the invasiveness. Yes. Um, unfortunately, if there is personal or family history or if they've gone for a colonoscopy already and have found stuff, um, the colonoscopy should be happening. Um, and I think the best way to look at it is you go through something awful, but you do get this peace of mind that you are okay for another round. One of the things that I had concern about with those home test kit things, which, you know, out of personal experience, you know, the insurance covered it and, and the whole nine yards. But I, one concern was after so many years, decades of hearing about colonoscopy, and that's the thing that everybody did on a regular basis, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I mean, I was wondering how accurate these in-home things are and if it really was a, a feasible and a good option for people. Um, they are highly sensitive. Okay. And that is one of the recommended uh, screening tests that are used and recommended by um, American Cancer Society. So the gold standard is always going to be the colonoscopy. And, you know, the reason for that is if you do have a positive kit, then you're going to be referred for a colonoscopy anyway. And during a colonoscopy, they can remove any abnormality, you know, the, the polyps that I was referring to earlier. Right. Polyps are basically tissue along the lining of the colon that, that serve no other purpose but can become cancerous. So during a colonoscopy, those can be removed and prevent cancer or detect it early where um, treatment is much more successful. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that that's the, the deal with him, that he went in and they did get polyps and they removed them. And it was it was something that was of concern and it was a good thing that he did have it done. Well, I'm glad you answered my question about the home kits, though, because that was really a, a thing that was a, a flag over my head was whether or not these things were really, you know, reliable, I guess. Uh, you mentioned cost, and as we were talking about the cost of insurance covering those kits, I understand those things, if you had to pay for one of them, it could be upwards of over $100. What if people don't have insurance, and uh, as you mentioned, they really should not let this slide because you know long-term care for something more serious than a screening can be even more expensive. Where can they turn? What does cancer, the Cancer Services Program do for not only colorectal screening but other cancer screenings as well? So if they're a New York State resident and they are uninsured, they can call us at the Cancer Services Program. Um, we offer a couple different things, like we've been talking about, we offer the screening for colorectal cancer, and that is men or women um, 45 to 64. And then on top of that, we also do breast and cervical cancer screenings, um, and that is women, uninsured women over 40 years old. And for breast, that would pay for their breast exam and their MAMO. And what I really like about our program is we also cover the follow-up. So we don't just leave you with a screening and this feeling of like, well, now what? We'll help you get through those next steps as well. Is it typical that the person that would be using the Southern Tier Cancer Services Program don't even have a primary care physician, and how do you address that issue? I mean, it's one thing to go in for a screening and get your screening results back, but, you know, you've got to have somebody that has the diploma on the wall that can help you in the aftermath. 
Yeah, we actually, that's one of the services that we offer is we can hook them up with a primary care provider. And because um, there's a lot of people that come into the area or, you know, are unfamiliar with the providers or if they don't have health insurance, they're not going to get health care. They either go, to, they use walk-ins or emergency rooms. So we try to establish them a home, home health care site and that way they have continuity of care. We also provide reminder calls annually when they're due for their next screenings. We, we rescreen them for our program. So if they don't have health insurance the following year, then we rescreen them for the program and send them for their appointment, and then we receive the bill instead of them. And the nice part is, is we um, work with a lot of different hospitals. We're across um, our program specifically is across five counties, which is Broome, Tioga, Shimong, Shenango, and Schuyler County, um, and we do a bunch of different hospitals. So if someone prefers a hospital, there's a good chance that we are able to work with them. And so that helps the person feel more comfortable during this process. As we're talking about this now, hopefully coming off on the backside of a little fun-loving thing called a pandemic, um, it was my understanding that during COVID, and understandably, nobody wanted to get into any area where there were people, and especially nobody wanted to go to a hospital. Uh, there, my understanding was a lot of people let a lot of these pre- preventative tests and screenings and things like that slide by the wayside. Is this now a more urgent need than even in the past years, say, you know, three years ago, four years ago, before the whole COVID thing happened? Are there more people that are really in need of these screenings that may be overdue? Yeah, the New York State Department of Health has um, shown data that supports that. Um, A lot of people did not go for their screenings during COVID. You know, due to fear, a lot of services were um, canceled during the pandemic by the hospital systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, especially in Broome County, we're very fortunate that our hospital systems are working very hard to get people back in to get their screenings up to date. Well, we are out of time, and I thank you both for being on the program today. We need a phone number or other sources where people can go to find out some more information about the Southern Tier Cancer Services Program. Yeah, you can give us a call at 607-778-3900. Simple enough. Thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Close-Up.